Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, a show about living your very best life. So if you're new to the show, welcome. Um, I am a licensed psychotherapist. I specialize in anxiety, depression, relationships, and things of that nature, uh, which is pretty much everything when you think about it. And we talk on Straight Talk a lot about a lot of different topics on how to live your best life, because that's what I'm really passionate about. Um, And lately, for a while now, we haven't been talking about couples. And I think today is the day to come back to the question of to why do some couples make it and some couples don't? And you know what? We have a lot of research on that. And there really is a science to love. We've had many experts on the show talk about this. And I want to go through it. And I do have a special guest uh, who's going to be joining me soon, who's also studied with some of the biggest experts in the world. And if you're just tuning in and you want to know how to improve your relationship and really make a real difference in your relationship, this is today's show is the one for you. Uh, before we go any further, um, I always love to give a little shout out if I've met some interesting people during the week. And I did because I was in Ottawa two weeks ago and I was in London, Ontario last week, and I met the most incredible, courageous group of nurses and caregivers and social workers and dietitians. Uh, They were incredible. And these are the people who are on the front lines helping people every day. So if you're listening, you guys really inspired me and welcome to the show. Also, um, if you want to join the conversation today, you hear something that makes you want to ask a question, you can reach us anytime at 1-866-472-5792. Feel free to call in with a question. If calling is not your thing and you prefer to text, it's 514-796-4357. Or if email is your thing, info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Okay. So now it's time to get into it. So we all start out with the idea that we're going to fall in love and everything is going to be great. We find that special someone and we're going to sail into the sunset. And unfortunately, that's not exactly what tends to happen for most people. And actually, the ones that do sort of sail into the sunset would tell you that there is some very serious strategies that they use in their marriage to make it work. And I think it's important to talk about how to really have a good shot at marriage and what are some of the skills you have to become really good at. So uh, what do we know so far about marriage? Well, we know a lot of things. We know that um, our background, let's talk about that. Our background, where we come from is going to affect the dance of the relationship. So uh, there's an adage in psychology where we say, When you're in bed with your husband, you're literally in bed with your parents and his parents, as well as him and you. I know it's not a really pretty image, but it's true because we bring our entire history into the bedroom and into our relationships. And often many of us don't like to even look back at our history and that that causes a problem. So let me try to break this down a little bit into a concise package because a lot of people listening are going to be like, well, I don't want to talk about my history. Who cares? 
The problem is that when we grow up, we observe our parents, whatever happened, good marriage, bad marriage, quiet marriage, fighting marriage. And our brain takes an imprint of that and it registers that as normal. So like to give an example, just to make sure this is really clear. Um, my parents, for example, were very, very in love and, but they spent every moment of every day together. So I really grew up thinking that when you get married, you spend every moment of every day together. And that's what true love looks like. Now I'm in the field of psychology and there's a term for that. It's called enmeshment. Uh, We're actually doing a show in a few weeks on this topic, and it's when couples get fused together and may look very romantic, but actually it's a sign of a very, um, I don't want to say very, but um, somewhat problematic relationship because another piece of the pie that we want to put in here is that in a marriage, there's, there's a we, you and your husband, and there's a you, and there's a him. Or vice versa. So there's actually like three very important parts, the couple, yourself, and the other person. So if we take the example of my parents and the idea that if you spend every moment every day together, wouldn't that be wonderful? What starts to happen to the you and the him in that equation? And if you're listening, you're saying it out loud right now is there is no you or him. There's only an us which many of our love songs are based on, right? Is I can't live if living is without you. If there's only an us, then I cease to exist. And many of us think of that as romantic love, which I I certainly understand. But the problem is that that fusion is not sustainable because it starts to put a lot of pressure on the other person. So that's one of the first things we got to get to is that there's a you, there's a me, and there's an us in a relationship. So if you're listening right now and you want to work on your marriage, ask yourself that question. Is there uh, a you? Or do you have your own interests and things that you love that are important to you um, and things that are really just belong to you? Is there also a him or a her, the other person? And is there also an us? So that means that, so if we're talking from a female point of view, so your husband also is allowed and encouraged to have some things that belong just to him, um, like activities that he does, that he enjoys. I talk often in straight talk. Uh, My husband really loves football. That's really his thing. Not necessarily my thing. I do join him sometimes in watching and that comes into the us You want to also build some things together, no doubt, but that's really his thing. And um, it took me a long time to understand. And again, because my parents spent every moment of every day together doing things that they both agreed upon. So I thought that that was normal and healthy and it's not. Uh, Sorry to burst that bubble. But um, so are there things that your husband also has that are very important to him. And then are there also things that belong to the two of you? So do you make a date night once a week or what I like to call a state of the union meeting, which, you know, other therapists refer to, do you have that? Do you have that kind of stuff going on in your relationship um, to help make sure that uh, there's time together as a couple? That's going to be extremely important. 
Um, so again, there's a you, there's a me, and there's got to be an us to the relationship. So you got to make sure that you're definitely bringing all of these things into it. So it's going to be the first step in building our situation. Um, as we work through this, we're going to go keep going to the next level. Um, and I do have a special guest in the house, so I'm going to we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Uh, on Straight Talk, and we'll start to talk about how to bring your relationship to the next level and what are the things you can do. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. 
So we are back on Straight Talk with Sandra Beach, and I've got a licensed psychotherapist, Mete Gomez, in the house. She is um, a psychotherapist that specializes in couples, and I thought she would be a great person to have on the show to have this conversation about this topic. So welcome to the show, Mete Gomez. Thank you so much, Sandra, for having me here. Wonderful. So we're talking about the couples retreat that you've been doing now, and it's going to be the fourth year, and I was privileged to actually assist you on uh, two years in a row, and I have to say it's really, really very, very extraordinary the change that we can see, or I have the privilege to see in the couple when they come in for the couples retreat. All right. Okay. That's lovely that you're saying that. I'm not sure where you're going with this. So help me understand what you're talking about in terms of the retreat. Well, I, what I saw is you have you have different retreats, and when I when I saw the people coming in and really doing the retreat with you, and going in for connecting together and the change that you bring them through, I see that as myself being a therapist and helping people, the change that I could see for them going through the retreat when they're spending those days with you, they would really, really completely jump into the work that they were doing. And the work that they were doing during that time was actually so much more than what usually happens in a session. Okay, so thank you for saying that. Um, so we're talking about couples um, and how they can bring the relationship to the next level. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so many things can happen, but really connecting, co- really connecting with, uh, with, with, your, with your partner is really, really important. And my point was basically, I've seen the magic that you do. I mean, I'm not in session with you, but I've seen you with groups and what happens and how much it is important for co- couples to connect and how good you are with that. Well, thank you. Okay, so so basically, what is the most important thing? So since you have all of this experience, what in your view is the most important thing that couple can do to really reconnect? Okay, so we were talking before you arrived here about the fact, I wasn't really talking about them reconnecting, I was talking about the importance of having a you, a me, and an us in the couple. That's going to be extremely important yeah. um, for a couple to thrive. Um that's that's really our starting point in yeah. terms of uh, where couples should start from. So so basically, what you're saying is it's very very important to differentiate. There's three entity when you're with someone. There's you. There's the other person. But the couple in itself is an entity. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's 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 really good. That, so so basically. What is the difference when you're together with someone than when with yourself? You know, what's when you're saying you separate you separate them. So what do you feel is the difference? So you need time for the couple, but what is the difference there? I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not sure what you're asking me. So basically, you say you remember that there's you. You, you remember that there's you, the other person, and uh, the couple. So. What do you need to do for yourself and what do you need to do for the couple? That must be different things. Oh, yes. We talked about that. So you need some stuff for yourself. You need some stuff for the other person and you need some stuff for the couple. So that was our first segment. Yeah. And now you're joining. I'm sorry, Mate, I didn't really hear the first part because you were running a little behind today. Yeah. Um, sorry about that. No, no problem at all. So, so basically, it's, it's, it's good. So there's you. There's the and there's the there's you. There's 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 me and then there's the couple and you need to also do a lot of things to 
put vitamins in your couple. So getting getting date nights, something like that, but also working on your couple is very important. So that's a little bit when I came in, I jumped in into the retreat because a lot of people, they will just go through the motion and they don't do the work. And either, you know, connecting with each other or going to retreats or anything like that to make sure that you actually are getting the right connection because just like with any relationship, you can definitely have troubles when you're in your couple. So making sure that you're connecting and you're doing the proper things for it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and I've seen you do that, that work uh, with, with couples when, see with the retreat, they're learning tools on how to connect and, uh, and to speak to each other. And because basically it's easy inside of yourself to know what's going on and to talk to yourself, but being in front of someone else, they're going to be thinking differently than you. And often enough, we get stuck and there can be, you know, the wounds get triggered. And then we're not really um, connecting well because we're, 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 we're stuck in our own wounds. So uh, at that point, what do we do? If I'm stuck in my wound and my partner is stuck in their wound, what do I do? You know, I, I'm, I'm hurt. You know, someone says something and then I'm hurt. I'm stuck. What can I do then? Okay, so you're bringing up the topic of wounds. So that's actually where I thought we'd go in this segment is that all of us come with wounds in our relationship. So we talked a little bit in the first segment about the fact that there's things that happen in your childhood. There's things that happen that you may not even remember um, that had an impact on you. So, but the problem is that those things did have an impact on you. And that's what Mayte is referring to as a wound because we didn't really explain this. Um, those are things that are going to trigger you. And those are the things when your partner's talking that you get that feeling of feeling like, oh my God, I cannot believe he is saying that. I cannot believe she's saying that. So it it's, works out okay if one of you is triggered. But what Mayte is asking about is what about if both of you are, are triggered? So I think we have to first get to the fact that wounds in itself, you have to start to know what are your wounds? What are your wounds? What are your partner's wounds? That's going to be extremely important uh, to understand what are the things that trigger you. To your point, Mayte, if both people get wounded at the same time, it gets really tricky. And that's part of what you brought up very kindly about my retreats. Um, There's no doubt if both people get wounded at the same time, that's when it gets a little bit tricky. Because if one person is Uh, triggered and the other person is triggered, it's really almost impossible to draw upon the part of our brain that's thinking very clearly and to go, oh my God, my partner's triggered because you're triggered too. But what are your thoughts on this? Well, it's, it's very good what you said, actually, because once you're triggered, it's not the same part of the brain that just uh, is driving the car basically. So uh, then we're not thinking the same way. And often enough, I mean, I think it happens to all of us. You start to see the person in front of you as the enemy, basically. And you know, that's basically, you know, there's many kind of triggers. So uh, what kind of wounds could could someone have? Well, someone could have the wound that they feel that um, they're not good enough. Do you have any other ideas about what kind of wounds usually? No, you go see ahead. People? Go ahead. So, yeah. okay, what you see so, couples all day. And yeah, all yeah, that. for so, sure. So there's, for there's, there's, uh, someone could could feel that they're not good enough. Someone could feel that they're not getting enough attention. And you know, as you so well put, you know, usually it really starts in childhood. So we might have memories of that or not, but it's to know where we're sensitive. 
So we, we're all different. So where I'm going to be sensitive is maybe very different than where my partner is going to be sensitive. So for someone, it might be uh, really being thoughtful about a birthday and someone else might be, uh, can you remember, uh, you know, when we got married or something like that. It might always be different things, but we have different triggers that goes to the wound basically. And uh, when my wound is triggered, I'm starting to see the other person as the enemy. Mm. And then my thought process completely changes. And it's scary. It's the, the other person becomes very scary for me. And, you know, as, as we both see this in, uh, in therapy, it's, it's basically, it, there's also this fear of being rejected that is very, very uh, core. And unfortunately, the person that has the potential to hurt us the most or to reject us the most is often the people the closest to us. So that fear gets to be triggered very easily when you're in front of your husband or your wife. You're so afraid to be rejected and it's a core, core fear. So how how do we manage this when I'm triggered and my partner is triggered? So what can we do? do you, basically, well, uh, basically, what, what can we do when that happens? So it's, it's, I'm triggered. So the first thing is to remember that I'm not thinking the same way and that my core fear is being triggered. And if I cannot remember that, then my actions and my reactions might be completely different. So that's one thing is to remember, okay, this is a tense moment and I need to cool down a little bit. What else can we do? Do you have any uh, suggestion for the uh, for the audience? Well, I definitely agree with you that there's no doubt about it. We got to take some time, and that's one of the things that couples, uh, you know, you brought up my retreat. So that's one of the skills that I have to teach couples a lot, and I'm sure you do in your office too. Yeah. Is to be able to understand that when you're super triggered, you may actually need to take a break, like you said. Uh, because you're probably not going to be thinking clearly. Uh, You started to allude to the fact that these wounds come from our childhood, and I would add on to that that unconsciously we choose people who exactly trigger those wounds. So if you're listening right now and you're going, okay, but I, I feel like I married the wrong person because they're exactly, exactly pushing the button that hurts me the most. Perhaps you weren't paid attention to and now you're married to someone who doesn't pay attention to you or you didn't feel good enough and now you're married to someone who makes you feel not good enough. That's part of the dance and that's another piece of the puzzle Um Again, some of my work in working with couples, uh, sometimes I, I, I should explain what Meite was talking about, about a retreat, because I don't, I'm not sure that people even know what that was about. So what I do is I take couples and I, I try to connect them to what happened in their past and what is that core issue to be able to understand why it's triggering them so much to also recognize that it's not only the other person that's triggering you. It's like there's literally a necklace of bells around your neck and the bells are starting to ring off the hook. So it's not one bell. It's the bell of, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So is that's part of being able to catch that. But, you know, you seem like there was more you wanted to say on the idea of what happens in this situation. No, that's, and I'll, I'll take what you just said because it's really good because sometimes the, these are things that might have happened when you're talking about the bells. They might have happened in 
the relationship, but it might have happened to that person even prior to the relationship. But it still is very painful when the person in front of you does something that reminds you of that wound. And you might not even remember it when it happens, but then it gets triggered. And your reaction to that person at that moment, what's going on inside is that your emotions are quite high and your reaction will change. So, I mean, it's taking a step back, but it's taking a step back to be able to recuperate yourself as to who do you want to be, basically. Because if you just go to how you feel, then probably your actions and your reactions will be very different. And it's not always so easy to control. So, you know, we we both say this when we see clients, you know, sometimes you just have to take a break. If you're, the, the term is flooded, you know, you need to take a break because otherwise your actions, your reaction will not reflect who you want to be. And then to take that time to come back to who you are, your value system, how do you want to speak to that person? And to be able to listen also to their point of view, which is almost impossible when you're triggered, basically. So there's this part of getting away and this part also of coming back together and speaking to each other with respect, basically. So there are ground rules to be able to speak to each other with respect. Uh, I mean, that does make sense. Uh, especially no yelling, but there's also a lot of studies that have been done on that. Things that a lot of people don't know that can be very poisonous. Do you have any? I do. You know them. So what do you do? You want to come in and say what they are? For sure, no doubt about it. So first of all, one of the things you said that I'll pick up on, and maybe we'll continue after the break, is the idea that yes, you can take a break, but there's usually somebody in an argument that wants to take a break, and there's usually someone who does not want to take a break. So first thing is that if you're the one who wants to take the break, there is absolutely no problem. You you definitely need to say to your partner, "I need a break. I'm you know I need ten minutes. I you know I think I'm going to say something I'm going to regret." That is a very healthy thing to do. However, there is a catch. The person who says they want to take the break must come back after the 10 minutes because otherwise that becomes a way of abandoning someone like I refuse to talk about this which is going to lead into some of those dangerous things that couples do that are very toxic and very dangerous so if some person wants to take a break no problem and if you're that person and you feel like you're getting what may take called flooded and overwhelmed and you need to calm yourself down because you're going to say something you regret that is perfectly fine the language would be I I'm overwhelmed, I or I can't deal with this, or even I can't deal with you. I mean, I know that doesn't sound that nice, but sometimes it comes out that way. I need 10 minutes, but I will come back in 10 minutes. But and, what, and then the person needs to come back. Sorry, go but ahead. What if, what if I say I need 10 minutes and then I'm still flooded? What do I do then? Well, you could ask for a bit more time, but generally flooding should come down and they say the maximum it should take is about 30 to 45 minutes. So that really is the maximum. Otherwise, you're starting to use this as a manipulative strategy. Okay. You know, if you say I need two days to calm down, that's you're using that. So that would not be allowed. That would be considered disrespectful. Well, that's too long. Basically, the other person is waiting. They, They really want to resolve it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So definitely, you know, no problem. And if you're the person, on the other hand, who wants to resolve it, your challenge is going to be the fact that you're very stressed. You want the problem. You want the argument to be resolved so desperately. But if you can develop that kind of rules of engagement with your couple, with your partner, that you know if they say, I'll be back in 10 minutes, that they will actually be back, then your job is also to self-soothe, which is something we've talked about on Straight Talk before, which is to remind yourself this too will pass 
we will get through this. We'll, you know, it may not go well the first round or the second round, but we will eventually get to that. Now, Mayte, we're going to take a break, but Mayte did allude to that there are certain rules that things you cannot do during this argument. So when we come back, we'll talk about the four things that you cannot do when arguing with your partner. And as a matter of fact, the research shows that if you do these four things, there's an over 95% chance that you're heading towards divorce. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Santa Rich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, talking about couples. I mean, we start off and we all think it's going to work out and we all want the same thing. And then it goes so wrong. And, you know, a lot of my work in the last few years has been very much on this topic because now, as I said, we have a lot of science to know how to make relationships better. And part of the science that we have is knowing the things you cannot do in conflict in a couple. So I promised when we come back, we'd talk about uh, some of the research of John Gottman. He's a top researcher in couples and he has come up and studied that there are four things that couples do that actually predict divorce with over 95% accuracy. And these are the mistakes couple make. So I'll rattle off one of them and then I'll hand it over to Mayte and she can talk about another one. We'll go back and forth like that. Is that okay with you? That's perfect. Okay. So the first one, we start pretty innocuous. The first one is or sounds innocuous anyways, is criticism. And again, I want to make the distinction between criticism and a complaint because complaints are fine. You are allowed to complain to your partner. So, you know, I'm I'm not happy that you're not cleaning the house properly is fine. You are a dirty slob is not fine. So criticism erodes at relationships.
concepts. And it is one of what Gottman calls the four horsemen and very, very problematic. So you have to be careful to stay on topic with what's bothering you behaviorally as opposed to attacking the person. So now when it comes to criticism, women tend to do this more than men. We're going to see in the four horsemen, some of them are more women, some of them are men. Mayte, what's the next one? Well, the next one is often the response when someone is criticized and it's defensiveness, basically. So once once the person has has felt criticism or sometimes it comes on its own because sometimes people are just insecure and they start to be defend, defensive. Like, no, I did not do that. And sometimes they go on the offensive with it. I, okay, so I might not be cleaning the house very properly, but you're not taking out the trash and something like that. So the defensiveness is saying, there's nothing that I'm doing that is wrong or really defending the position that you have or the behavior that you have or basically coming back with a counterattack. Maybe what I do is not great, but what you do is not great. So the defensiveness sometimes can have a little bit of a flavor of criticism in it. And so it's also one of the four horsemen, very bad because basically you have two egos engaging with each other and there is no, no space for resolution at that point. So the criticism is easy to see, but the defensiveness, uh, often enough people feel that they have the right to be defensive because they just felt criticized, but it's actually as bad. And as you were saying, you know, depending which one it is, for sure, this one is a little bit more men that will be defensive. Right. So the antidote for criticism is to keep it to a complaint, not a, a personal attack. Yeah. What is the antidote? You know, if someone's upset with something I did and you're saying, we're saying that defensiveness is not good. So what should we be doing? Well, instead of being defensive, take the time to hear what the other person has to say and see their point of view. Don't defend, go, okay, I see your point. I see your point is one way to see it. I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to say you're absolutely right, but not to have a knee-jerk reaction, basically. So, okay, I hear what you're saying. I see your point. This is a valid point because a person wants to be heard, basically. So that is really helpful not to have a knee-jerk reaction. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. So um, the the issue here that comes to mind, though, I just thought of something. So there is with defensiveness, the obvious defensiveness, like I didn't do that, I didn't do that. What do you do with someone who just always says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's also defensive. That's not that's also not dealing with the issue. Well, then it's to go to the next level saying you're sorry is, you know, it's one part and, you know, it's it's good to say that more than to have the knee jerk reaction. But then it's to think of something that could be coming and to change the behavior. Okay, so adding on to that, not just saying you're sorry, but saying, you know what? I will do this right now, or you know what, let me see what I can do to change the behavior and coming with a resolution, basically a possible resolution. And, uh, you know, these four horsemen are actually quite uh, quite important and we have two more to go to. But when I came in today, it was really about, I was talking about your retreats and I've seen you teach this in length in your retreat because it's easy 
to just learn them and go by. But, you know, you we get trapped in these things. And so to spend a lot of time to do exercises, figuring out which one of the horsemen is yours is actually something I've seen you do in the retreats. And I've seen tremendous results with this. When people not only learn it cognitively, but they start to practice, you know, what is the alternate thing that you can do instead of doing this behavior? It's something that I think everybody should learn about. And I've definitely seen massive changes in people, in couple, when they actually uh, do this learning, how much it changes things. So this is a little bit why I brought it up. It's because there are skills to be good in relationships. And the thing is, you don't learn that usually in life. You have to find a place to learn what the skills are. And I find that the way that you've constructed your retreat, the people can really get all the skills, not only intellectually, but really practice those skills to actually have better relationships. Well, thank you. I, I, you know, I, I want to continue on with the poor horseman. Um, it's funny you say that because I have enjoyed doing the retreats, but I actually was planning to stop them this year. And uh, the good news is I am going to do uh, one more. I don't know if I'm going to continue beyond that. But so there are retreats coming up here in Montreal, but it's not the only place you can get retreats. There's many people who run retreats. Um, so I think Mayte is being very complimentary to me. That's very kind of you. But I think the goal here is that there's not only my retreats. There's many, many retreats around the country. Um, and getting, reaching out and getting a professional to help you with this stuff can make a huge difference. I find a retreat works very well because uh, it's a little different than a therapist's office and it's a little bit more experiential. So it may be something you want to work on, especially if you want to learn more about stuff like this. Moving on to the uh, four horsemen. The next one, the next two are the ones that really cause the most toxicity to a relationship. So the first one I'm going to talk about is something called contempt. Um, And contempt is literally when you're, you know, um, you could be rolling your eyes or just like looking at the person in disgust. Uh, it happens when somebody is very, very angry. There's no doubt about it. And we've probably all done it at some time or another. But it's very problematic. Um, the idea is that, you know, you're upset with someone, but there still has to be a sense. And sometimes myself, I do this. If I'm very upset with someone, I will say, you know, I'll throw it in. I still love you. I'm just really upset. And even that line saying, I still love you. Uh, I can't always access warm and fuzzy behaviors, but just reminding the person that I am not in disgust of you. Uh, Contempt, again, rolling eyes, not okay. So what's the difference between contempt and criticism? Well, criticism is like, it's a good question, but criticism is really just like saying you're like a messy slob, right? Contempt is operating from a position that I'm above you. I'm above you and you are just a piece of dirt. So it's not only that you're a messy slob. I just like, you make me ill. Just looking at you makes me ill. And that's people give themselves permission to do this in arguments. And this is not going to work well in relationships. It is definitely not good. And it leads to the fourth one, which is what? Well, the fourth one is stonewalling. Mm. So basically when someone just refuses to talk to the person. So you're there and you might be completely not present emotionally. That's a kind of stonewalling. But the one that we see very often is basically the person just like, nope, I'm not talking to you, refusing to talk. You know, that's complete silence or something like that. So there's subtle ways, but that's very damaging because basically it's quite disruptive. 
that you're telling the other person, I don't care about you, basically. You're sending a very, a very rough message. It's actually, it looks very quiet. And sometimes people will use it instead of really verbalizing that they need a break and they need to come down. They will just stonewall. But that's actually very damaging because the other person doesn't know that you're trying to come down. They just know that you disappeared. And when you disappear, that feels very awful for the other person because they feel, okay, I'm not important then. What's going on here? So it's actually um, maybe very surprising for the person who's doing the stonewalling, but it's actually aggressive to do that. You're disappearing. So you're abandoning the other person, basically. So really, really not great. So No, yeah. it's actually stonewalling is really, really, really a serious uh, way of taking control away from somebody else is because by refusing to talk to them, the other person has absolutely no locus of control. So it is really actually one of the most damaging things you can do to a relationship. So it's perfectly fine if you need to take a break. It is perfectly not fine to just refuse to talk to someone. And unfortunately, this happens in a lot of the couples in my office, and I'm sure in yours, where the person just literally shuts down and refuses. And sometimes they're not even refusing to talk. They're just saying one word answers like, "Uh uh-huh, yep, mm-hmm, yep. And that is uh, not okay, is really not okay. So if you're doing that in your life and you're doing that in your relationships, this is the beginning of the end. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, we we often see this dance that you're going to have one that is very collected, cool cucumber, and not having a lot of emotional reaction. Mm -hmm, Yeah, whatever. And it's very, very toned down. And the other person is getting more and more and more aggravated. And then, unfortunately, it can be a good tactic that you know it or not, because the other person is, is really, really struggling at this point, and they look really out of control. But the problem is not them. The problem is the dance between right. the two people. Right. And basically. I think that's an important point, the dance. So it yeah. looks like somebody's hysterical. Yeah. And the other person looks like they're calm. But actually, the person who's supposedly calm is provoking the hysterical person. Yeah. So it's a dance. You know, right. everybody has to uh, take their own share. So, yes, it might be feeling good for you to be able to go, "Mm -hmm, yeah, whatever. But actually, you're definitely, definitely part of the problem when you're doing that. And once you know that, really, you cannot allow yourself to continue the behavior because these are very, very damaging between, between two people. Those four horsemen are horrible. You cannot maintain a level of respect if you do these things. You know, it's it's really, really, it creates a lot of pain. It creates a lot of um, a, 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 a lot of disruption between two people. And unfortunately, usually the problems don't get to be resolved when we engage each other this way. Right. So, I mean, so, you know, if we look at what we have so far is we have the idea that, you know, there still needs to be a you, a me and a couple. We have the idea that we come into relationships with a wound or many wounds, actually, which we learned in childhood. And that's another piece of something that could be helpful for people to find out what are the things that have really hurt you, because Mm -hmm. chances are you've drawn into your life somebody who actually might provoke those exact wounds. And that's okay, Uh, But because that's the other part of some of the learning that I do with people is marriage is designed to heal you and relationships are designed to heal you. So the thing is that your relationship, the exact moment that you're in right now, that's could be horrible as you're listening to the show is an incredible gift for you 
to learn something, if you're open to learn what could be there to teach you. So you have to also, one of the key skills, another one of the pioneers of couple therapy teach us, this is Dr. Sue Johnson's work, is to be curious. Why is this happening? Why am I in this situation again? Why is my husband not listening to me? Why is my husband coming down on me? Why is he just behaving the way I hate so much? What is this here to teach me. And if you could put that together, already things will change enormously in the dance because you're going to change your part of the dance. And if you change your part of the dance, the other person has to change their part of the dance. Quick thoughts before we take a break. Maytay. I really love that because seeing your relationship as a path to growth actually really helps people diminish the level of pain they feel. It has a purpose, yeah. basically. Yeah, and, Otherwise, I, and I, I think the research is unequivocal about this. It is. Our relationships are designed to heal us. Yes. And it makes us find out parts of ourselves that aren't that great as we thought we were. A famous adage in psychology says, you want to find out your dysfunction, get into a relationship. I thought I was absolutely terrific till I got into a relationship. I'm not saying I think I'm terrible now. But I certainly found out that I'm not as terrific as I thought on my own. Ha ha. Yeah, we, are, we think we're terrific when we're on our own because we don't see our blind spots. And that's where relationships can be your gift. We got to take a break. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So while the time goes very fast on a topic like this, I'm, I'm, I can, I'm like sad it's it's we're almost towards the end of the show and there's so much to talk about in terms of couples Mitch, i'm curious you know we're talking about relationships as a way to heal um you just ran from work you work with yeah. couples all the time yes I what do. are some of the themes you see in your office and what are the ways you're seeing people really turn the corner are you seeing your couples get better i am i am and the thing is 
Uh, a big, big thing that I see happening is something that you actually definitely taught me and I'm teaching to my clients. And there's a big, big, big culture when you're in a couple and then things are not starting to go your way that we end up in a win-lose situation. So basically, we want to be right. Yeah. So I'm in so a true. struggle and I want to be right. So true. And so all of a sudden... I'm starting to look at where are you wrong? Because if you can be wrong somewhere, that makes me so much closer to being right. And so the dance is become it becomes about being, you know, win win lose basically. But as you so eloquently put it, there's never a win lose because if you're in a win lose dance, you're in a lose lose dance because all, all of a sudden, maybe today you're winning, but tomorrow you're going to be losing. Well, that's I'm really glad you brought that up because uh, it's remiss that I haven't talked about that in today's show. So that's another very big take home strategy as we're you know wrapping up the show is that. Um, and we don't learn that also is so we go into a relationship and you get into your first fight and there does there is a sense that I you know our egos tell us we want to win and if we win and you lose then I'm the winner that's that's great but as you so well put um, relationships that's one of the challenges that couples have to learn and you yes. do a great job in your office teaching this and I, I try to do the same is that um, the couple needs to learn how they can both walk away from an argument with a win and a win. Yeah. And, and that is a real skill to learn that and to find where can negotiation go on that both people walk away, win, win, not win, lose. So how do you do that with your couples? How do you do that? How do you teach them to do win, win? I mean, I want things to go my way. So. Yeah, of course. Well, it's, it's understanding that you're not supposed to get your, your way always 100%, basically. It's your ego that wants that. And to remember that you have someone that you love in front of you. So it's really about how can we negotiate this? So it starts with the four horsemen. When we're not using them, it does not escalate as much. And then you can go, okay, then, you know, maybe the complaint is, I don't find that, you know, the house looks so tidy when you're, when you're doing the, uh, when you're doing the cleaning and the other person might go, yes, but I don't have that much time. And then we sit down and we negotiate, what can we do? So the house might not be, might not be looking as tidy as I would want, but maybe the other person can do a few things differently and then I'm going to feel happy. And then they're going to be feeling happy because actually they feel that they're contributing and they feel that, you know, I'm, I'm basically happier with what they're, what they're doing. So it's negotiation. How can we do a win-win? I have to accept it's not always going to be my way. And part of it is your partner and you have to agree um, that that's how you want to operate as win-win. So that if an argument is not resolved, and I always say that, you know, and uh, we should, you know, make sure that I should make sure to get this in before we run out of time is that couples who don't fight don't actually do better in relationships. Fighting is actually a sign of a healthy couple. It's how you fight. And more importantly than how you fight, it's how do you resolve? So that's going to be extremely important. So if we're, that that sounds great what you said, but that only works if your couple, and this is something hopefully you can have a takeaway from this today, mm-hmm. that you and your partner agree like, hey, could we agree that no matter what we fight on, that we're going to hash it out until we can find a win-win, even if we have to take a few breaks and come back to it tomorrow, but let's find a win-win solution that works for you and works for me, and then we're both going to walk away from the table. No one's going to end up feeling crestfallen or embarrassed that, oh God, you know, like... 
I guess I didn't really hold my ground. So that has to be established before the argument because nobody's going to be interested in a win-win during the argument. Absolutely not. It's a change of culture, basically. You have to change how you see what a couple is. And most people are not even aware that they're seeing it as a win-lose. You just see it when you're fighting. You're going at each other. So absolutely, you want to win over the other person. You're in the culture of win-lose. So... Yeah, you're absolutely right. It needs to be set way before you have an argument. Right. So, you know, we're running out of time, like literally, but the bottom line is that these are conversations you want to consider having with your co- your partner is like, can we create, as Mete says, a culture of win-win? Do we want to do, do that? I mean, I certainly have had these talks with my husband, no doubt about it. And I'm, I'm sure the same is true for absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, where... You know, and, and, and there's been times, I remember early in our relationship, one time I said, very early, and I said to my husband, well, I believe in win-win. And he's like, well, I don't. I win and you lose. Like, really, that's true. I tell my husband that he said that he doesn't believe it was him, but it was. Okay, no doubt about that. So that had to be worked on. So it's also about commanding respect. And you did bring up respect. Respect is not negotiable in a relationship. That's a, something I say everywhere I go, everywhere I speak. Respect is not negotiable. So you don't have to agree, but you got to respect each each other. Mate Gomez, I am so incredibly happy to have you here today. I know you rushed here after work. A final tidbit. What's your last word of wisdom for couples listening to you right now? Well, basically, don't forget that it's someone you love that is in front of you because you might fight, they might trigger you or anything like that. But the first thing that brought you together is love. And so even in a moment where you're feeling despair, you're feeling sadness, is really to remember remember that at least in theory you love them. And if you're able to hold on to that, you can really soften your approach. And it's a lot easier to want to do to really have a win-win and to want not to engage in the four horsemen and and really to give that other person their space and it's someone else than you so be curious about them oh, i was just going to say my last tidbit is be curious like ah, good. someone's getting mad at you and it doesn't make any sense to you good time to ask why are you so upset about this really good question to ask uh, i highly recommend that may say people are going to want to reach you how do they find you Well, basically, you reach me at the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression with me and all of my wonderful colleagues. And it's uh, basically 514-777-4530. Okay. And they can find you on the website at helpforanxietydepression.com. And you do come to my retreats. You're there with me. So if you're ever interested in working on your couple with us or anyone else, there's all sorts of information on the website, helpforanxietydepression.com. Next one in June coming up in Montreal. That is all the time we have today. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Sandra. Always a pleasure. I I really love having you as well. Please stay in touch with us. We want to thank all our listeners from all over the world for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. We invite you to come back next week. If you're interested in any information we talked about today, therapy, retreats, anything, go to helpforanxietydepression.com. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page too, Straight Talk Sandra Rich. Feel free to leave a question for me or Mayte. And by the way, please remember to like us while you're there. You can hear this and any prior show as a podcast on my website, on the podcast app of your iPhone, and an iTunes under Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Um, and drop me a comment or a question anytime at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. My name is Sandra Reich, and I promise I'll help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, may I tell you lately, everyone says it with me. You know my famous line. 
Keep, Keep your, your eyes on, on the stars. stars. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.